Welcome to Chronic Curiosity, where we have real conversations with real people, from everything to anything, in attempts to facilitate dialogue with our fellow humans, and hopefully your curiosity as well as ours. If you can withstand the show, we ask, most importantly, that you tell your friends and family, but also, you can pick up some merch, or just donate to the show at chronic-curiosity.com in USD or Bitcoin. If you feel so obliged, you can give us a good rating and follow on whatever podcast platform you so choose. But please feel free to reach out to us on the website or the socials, which can also be found on the website, chronic-curiosity.com. And here we go. Oh, we can we, we can pull it. So sound. this just as long as this kind of floats somewhere around okay. this area, you'll and be good to go. Sound or no? You, you, yeah, we. I always wear them because what it helps as you're talking, you can kind of hear a, oh, other. Gross. Yeah, it's I don't like it's my voice. It's all right. You, once it's you get into awesome. it, it's you don't have to wear it. Okay. You don't have to wear them if you don't want to. Easier. Yeah, it just makes it easier because you can. Oh, I hear. Everyone's yeah. like voice really yeah. cuts through. Check 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 check. Yeah, you don't realize that like when you're having a, a Cass, conversation. Can you, can you turn mine up a little bit. It's like, it's yeah, it's super low. Uh, it's because of your man voice, Tony. <laughs> it's because you're a lumberjack you man voice. You just kicking the balls and have a higher voice. <laughs> be better. Sam, so, so, are you alcohol-free today, or are you, can you imbibe for one? Or No, Jason's driving, so I'm fine. Oh, oh sweet. Snap. That's why you always have a driver everywhere oh, you go. Always. Poor Good Jason. advice. Designated driver. Listen, I earned this. I had two children. I went nine months, no alcohol, and I was his DD everywhere we went. And so for like the next, I don't know, 60 years, he has to put up with that. I'm okay with that. And all's fair in love and war. (laughs) Do you you want ice or you just want to eat? Neat. Neat, good. There's nothing here is crazy high proof, so. Okay. But there's, let me see here. So these are all. All these start as these, uh, and then they're aged in different barrels. So these are all different store picks that are aged in certain barrels. This one you can't get anymore, and it's my favorite. Or it used to be. I haven't oh had it for a long gosh. time. She's like, yep. Uh, it's like Roy Rogers. This one's, <laughs> yeah. This one's like, people seem to like the Midwinter Night's Drum, and then the Boorai. Like, is this all the as, same, like, Distillery, yeah, they're yeah. all they're all high west. So. You said they always start out as the high I th- west I th- double rye. I think I think they they all start out as the double rye or the rendezvous, but I believe they all these ones start out as the double and then they age it in I'm something. A, so I'm a big fan of rye. Big well, fan of rye. That's all we have in front of us here is rye. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start out with how they how they start out. How I like I I really enjoy how things start out. Yeah, it's amazing what happens later. Yeah. A little, a little love, a little age does us all well. <laughs> as long as it's not gravity driven. Well, yeah, there you have that. Um, speaking of how things start out, I you you do a, a from what I know. I don't. We've this is the first time we've officially met. Yes. Um, but what I know, you you are an entrepreneur. How did how did you start out with we, a we, serial entrepreneur? A serial think. entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like it's not even it's not even good. She's thing. a killer. She's <laughs> a killer. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, maybe, maybe Tony. You should probably give the introduction this time, since Tony always yells at me for now. Ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, you guys might as well do it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it right. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sam Stein. She owns or co-owns, I guess, would you say co-own together with the hobby? Yeah. So the... I mean, he pays the bills and I do the fun stuff. So, yeah. Sounds pretty sweet, actually. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, actually, I'll just let you tell everyone kind of what you own, what you run. Okay, so... Deep breath. Um, yeah. So you were supposed to do this. Yeah, my name's Samantha Stein. Um, I know you don't know me if you call me Samantha because I don't go by that. Mm-hmm. That's like when people call and they're like, is Samantha Stein there? I'm like, no, nope, she's not actually. Sorry. I don't Dead know her. Yeah. Don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know me if you know I go by Sam. So um, I have been married close to 15 years to my husband, Jason. He owns Greenleaf Restaurant. During COVID, we acquired the parlor and turned it into another restaurant called The Leaf, now in downtown Worcester. I've owned Declaration Fitness slash CrossFit with my brother and sister for almost nine years. When my grandfather passed away, he said, I don't care what you guys do, but you got to do something together. So the four of us started a CrossFit gym. And then that has morphed into, we have probably one of the biggest CrossFit outdoor games in Ohio at my mom and dad's farm. And I think this will be the seventh year we've been doing that. Last year we had just over a hundred teams. So 300 athletes at our family farm. Um, Yeah. Like I told said in the beginning, I'm like a serial entrepreneur. I'm always looking for something. Um, I enjoy starting something and like seeing it come to its own. Um, When we bought the restaurant, I kind of, in my head, had a vision of exactly what I wanted. I knew what downtown was lacking. Not necessarily a farm-to-table concept, but a very, like, unique restaurant into where, you know, our menu rotated. We made awesome crafted cocktails and had just something that downtown didn't have. I wasn't looking to compete with another steakhouse or basil or rocks or any of those i wanted to bring a new and very different kind of concept and i wanted uh to have a really awesome brunch which i think we've excelled in brunch we're still kind of like seeking out and finding our niche for dinner um our features are really really good it's just uh like brunch is so good i think it makes dinner look like it's lacking so I think you guys knocked it out of the park. So something you said about uh, bringing something to Worcester that they didn't have. Corey and I always talked about, man, I wish there was one place, just just one place that we could go. And we knew every single time we were going to get food that no matter what it was, it just knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And I think you did it. Oh, yeah. Like every time you go in and you have no idea what the chefs are preparing, you have no idea like what they have up their sleeve. and they'll bring something out and I don't even know, I I can't even pronounce it first of all, but (laughs) you're like, holy crap, it's so good. And it is, you know, and so many things, there's very traditional type things on the menu, but a lot of the traditional things have a nice twist. Like our eggs Benedict is served on a house-made corn cake with jalapeno and cheddar in it. I mean, it's stellar. It's solid. So you say you do, uh, you try to do farm to table. How how does like in, how how does that even work? It's almost impossible now. Say, yeah, because I feel um, like there's a lot of regulations and yeah. ridiculous right bullshit that goes on. And there is, um, 
it's really sad because it kind of like I wanted to work with local roots and use a lot of things that right. they have, yeah. which we do. So our coffee is is local. It's from Sure House, and they roast their bean. It's our own blend. Um, we use Josh Sheets, who is from Local Roots, for all our hot sauce, and people love that. Um, we are using some people for, like, right now, ramps and mushrooms. And because, like, and then you're also, we live in Ohio. So, like, five, six months out of the year, there's not jack growing here. Right. Can I swear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You okay. can say fuck all day long okay. if you want to. It is my favorite adjective. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> verb I'm, and noun. I am here. Yeah. Again, remember noun, abrasive. adjective, verb, yes. all the things. I love Anywhere it. Yeah. I can input that. Yes. Yeah. Input the fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, so, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but so from like November to almost yeah. now, you really struggle finding produce. Mm. Um, however, now like we're working with a couple different growers of like really unique mushrooms, like things. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, people are always like, oh, do you have anything to do with the menu? And I'm like, absolutely not. I hired very good people that know what they're doing, right. you know, and I sold my vision to them. And I said, these are the things I want. And like, I'm an artistic person. So like, if somebody who has an artistic ability and they're like, this this is pretty much a black or a blank ca- canvas. Do what you want with it. I just want you to stay within this concept. Mm. And they've done that and they've, they've excelled at it. You know, so like people come in and they're like, oh, hey, do you want to look at this or to look at that? I'm like, first of all, I'll go get the chef. <laughs> <laughs> she, they know what they're doing. Um, but like Tony and Corey came to our bourbon dinner that we did with Horse Soldier. And personally, I don't think there's been better food served anywhere around here. Like, it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm trying to remember what it was like. I think you tried to kill us, Sam. Yeah, there's quite a bit of bourbon. 700 <laughs> drinks later. <laughs> I didn't move the next day. <laughs> Sometimes you got to have those yeah. days to remember. Uh, well, so it sounds like you, you need somebody that has like a greenhouse during the winter just to be able to grow all year long. Yeah. Sam. I've been talking about building a greenhouse. I want a greenhouse too. Or like, I, or some kind you of, you guys just, are so close. You just, have I just need a greenhouse. <laughs> no, I selfishly need a greenhouse to keep my palm trees alive. Oh. Cause I tried to do that this winter and it was an epic fail. I, fuck, I can understand that'd be difficult to do. Yeah. Keep a palm I really tree tried really hard. It was a hard winter too. Right. <laughs> and it ended up being a, digging alcove for my French bulldogs and yeah. Anyways, massive. Yeah. So selfishly, I want a greenhouse to keep my, my palm trees alive. I don't know what all entails into having a greenhouse, but I've always, I've been talking about like, you know, we have this little spot on our property. I'm like, this would be a perfect place for a greenhouse. I think it gets sun, but it stays wet. So I can't put anything there except a building. So we might as well just make a greenhouse and just grow shit all year long. Well, if anyone in the world knows what it's like to have an idea and they're just like, you know what? I'm going to, we're, we're going to bang it out. We're going to have at it. I'm your girl. I like that. People are like, Oh, what's your business plan? Don't fail. Yes. I like that. I like that. That's how usually I do things. I do yeah. projects around the house from like, people are like, Oh, like, where did you get the plans for that? I'm like, right here. Yeah. I just kind of came, I just did it. 
Yeah. Just start. I think that's one thing a lot of people are missing is you don't need having a plan is great. Having goals even better. But sometimes if you, if you don't start it, it doesn't matter if you have plans or not. Right. If you never start. Yeah. It can live up in your brain all you want. That was the best until thing. Until you die. Right. So when we were building out the leaf, Jason and I used to go to the parlor on Thursdays and it was like our morning together. Cause when I was in the gym and he was running Greenleaf, like, and two kids and 40 acres and. Oh, so he runs a Greenleaf as well? Sorry. Not yeah. So my husband oh, runs Greenleaf, okay. owns Greenleaf. I mean, like that co owned thing, right, he still gotcha. pays all the bills. I just have nothing to do with Greenleaf. I got gotcha. you. Um, but so Thursday mornings were like our day and we would like go. Cause this was back when I was a really competitive CrossFit athlete. And so Thursdays I would do yoga and it was like my morning to just like chill out, not I'm train sorry. three hours a day. And we would go to the parlor cause nobody knew us there or at least like limited people knew us there and we could actually have a conversation. And I would just sit in there and think about everything I could do in that building. And when COVID hit, Nobody was doing anything. They shut our gyms down. They shut the restaurants down. We were only running carryout out of Greenleaf. And I was bored out of my damn mind. And I told Jason, I said, just call Mike. Call Mike and see if he would sell it to us. He's like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, I'm going to retire. (laughs) (laughs) And I ruined all that for him. But um, so we finally, I finally convinced him to call Mike. And Mike was like, Jason, why are you calling me? And I finally just took the phone and I was like, Mike, I want to buy your restaurant from you. And he was like, really? And so we met a couple of times and I kind of sold my concept to him, what I wanted to do. And he, he loved it. And so, um, on, in June, we, we settled on a price and bought the restaurant and then had plans drawn up. It took two and a half months to get building permits during COVID because nobody was in their offices. Nobody answered their phones. Nobody answered their emails. It was the most frustrating thing ever. And then right after Labor Day, we got our permits and we were in there and never stopped. That's phenomenal, especially during. Oh yeah. Like I think about, I think about what we accomplished. So it was a blank canvas. We, we gutted it in the summer because you don't need a building permit to gut it. So literally, it was just waiting for us right. to get our building permits. Um, we had to tear out every bit of plumbing, every bit of electric, every bit of AC, HVAC. It's all brand new. Um, nothing was grandfathered in. So, yeah. And you just knew it was going to work. I don't know. I'm too st- <laughs> like the best part of me is I'm too stupid to quit. So like, like failure is not an option. I always, I always say that. Always. I was, I was, yeah, I've heard you yeah. say that quite People a few like, times. Oh, I'm you're, just you're too so dumb smart. To I'm like, stop. no, no, I'm, I'm just, I won't say that word that Cassie loves so much, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm too stupid to quit. Like, so I just, and I knew what's her really needed a place like what I had in my head. Yeah. So the best thing that happened and not the best thing at all, um, 
one of the things. <laughs> the updraft. And I can't even tell you the amount of things I learned. I learned how to apply for all my own permits. I learned how to deal with contractors. I had to fire an oh. asshole electric electrician who thought that he could like tell me what to do. And I was like, look, sweetheart, I pay your paycheck. You're going to do what I want you to do. And I mean, we were in there seven days a week. Like my dad was with me every day. You know, Jason was in there. Um, But I remember like calling my dad and being like, I want to do this, but I want to do it with you, you know? And cause like my dad owned a road construction company and we worked together all through college. And I think someday when my dad's not here anymore, I can like sit back and be like, my dad did that. And my dad did that. And, you know, like I have a lot of memories in there, but I mean, like we worked seven days a week and it was a Sunday and we had all of this um, reclaimed wood and the electrician, he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not pushing my ladder around and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not working around all your piles of wood. So on a Sunday, we went in and literally put it all up. Like all of the shiplap was up. And it was Monday morning and he came in and I said, I need the track lighting up. Like in my head, somehow in my head, I knew like how things should progress. And he was like, well, that's just not on my list today. And I said, well, it's on my list today, so you're going to do it. And I was here all day yesterday with my brother and my dad and my husband, and we had put all of this up. And he is, he smarted off to me, and I was just like, this is not how it works, dude. And I don't care if you think I'm a girl. I don't think if you care what you think. Like, no. You work for me. And he smarted off again, and I was like, you need to get your stuff and leave. I'll find somebody yeah. to replace you. You no longer work yes. for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what he said. He's like, well, you don't sign my paycheck. I was like, who do you think pays you? Like yeah. For this job? It's this <laughs> hand right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, so that was going on. And we have this wall that kind of separates the kitchen line. Because that was another thing, too, I thought was really cool and unique about this restaurant is that. When you come in, you're literally experiencing everything. You don't just like see the front of the house. You see the back of the house too. And I think that's super cool and very unique to what we do. So this updraft system that was supposed to ventilate right up the back of the wall and out. Well, we share a property line with the building next to us. And that updraft system did not go that way. Mm. And the guy that was in to... Um, check our first plumbing inspections. He looked at it and he was like, what is that? And Matt Tigner, who is our plumbing contractor, he was like, oh, we cut that. And which we did because it was like dripping oil. Well, here the grease line or the updraft went up the wall, back down into the basement, ran parallel with the basement to the back of the kitchen and then up with no grease trap cleanouts. Like Sounds there's like no, mess. like it was the most disgusting thing when we cut that and like carried it out of the basement. <laughs> and he was like, that's not going to work. That's not to code. So we had to buy a huge updress and it's pretty much made for our restaurant. The thing inside the restaurant weighs 800 pounds. 
the two systems on the roof weigh 600 and 700 pounds. And everything was waiting on this now. <laughs> everything. Naturally. And I had to apply for a new mechanical license or new mechanical drawings, a new mechanical permit. I had to get all this stuff to the restaurant. And they were like, oh, this is going to put you three months behind. And I was like, no, that doesn't work for me. So I made phone call after phone call after phone call. And they were like, oh, you're going to have to get a, a crane. And you'll have to get a permit to put the crane on the, on, the, uh, on the road. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that either. So I called <laughs> Joe Campbell. Uh, his sister is a good friend of mine. And I was like, Joe, this is what I need done. So Joe Campbell drives his the one of those lifts and just boomed everything up onto the onto the uh rooftop. So we get that. Um we paid for ex for this whole thing to be express shipped. I called my engineer and I was like, these are the things that I need done. I was like, how much do I need to pay you that you have them on the desk on Monday? He Got them done over the weekend. They're on on the desk on Monday. Got my permits. Had everything delivered. The only thing was, is all of the glass was already installed inside the building. And there was an 800-pound ventilation system coming in our garage door. <laughs> like, we have a garage door. And thank God we put that in. Because if not, there would be no way of getting no, that right. thing in. So my brother shows up, all of the contractors, and there's like eight guys on this 800-pound unit trying not to break the glass that had already <laughs> been installed. I mean, like, it's crazy to think that that stuff all fell in line. And we got our liquor permit the day before we opened. Well, it doesn't sound like it fell in line. It sounds like, well, you, it sounds like you made it fall in line. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. But We're, it could have easily not. Easily not. Yeah, but... Yeah, because you you let it slide. So I guess maybe that's what it is. Like uh, as you're telling that story, I'm in my my wheels are spinning. Thinking, what is it that? So so you have a restaurant. You put all this work in, all the things you bulldogged your way through. Basically, it sounds yeah. like. Where do where do you think that comes from? It personally, oh my just dad, personally, just from my mom, my mom and dad. Yeah, just I come from a family of four, so I'm the oldest of four, and I think. <laughs> I tell everybody this story of my dad. So my brother Wally and I are three years apart. I'm the oldest, and then my brother Wally, my brother JP, and my sister Janine. And my parents heat their house almost exclusively on firewood. So my dad has like an outside, it's a heat more. And so we, we put up a ridiculous amount of firewood every, you know. And I'm, I don't even know how old I am. And Wally and I are like, we're probably dicking off more than we're working. But <laughs> as a child, I thought I, I was slaving like away. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And I remember my dad, Wally and I were like stacking firewood, quote unquote. <laughs> and my firewood more looked like a leaning tower of pizza. It's just like, <laughs> and my dad came up and he just kicked it and it all went, you know, crashed over. <laughs> And I was like, that's such a less Parsons thing to do. <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds, and yeah. I am, I am sobbing, right? Because like at the time I was a you vulnerable little child. All. Like I wasn't the, the bitch asshole I am do now. Do it right or don't do it at Right. All. And my dad says, if you start it wrong, it will end wrong. Mm. Like 
And I mean, I had, so I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I mean, until I was like probably in my early teens, I thought everybody worked for themselves. My uncle was a, oh, that was another thing about that whole stupid HVAC updraft system. We had to reinforce the the ceiling to hold all this stuff. Well, my uncle is an iron worker. So he came in over the weekend and reinforced everything. I mean, like, it's just crazy. Everything that like was there for me to make this happen. So, you know, I come from like my dad's best friend owns Frosty Bag. He's like ridiculously successful. My dad was a construction worker, owned owned a third generation construction business with my uncle. My mom's two brothers both own their own businesses. So like I come from a family where everybody is their own boss. And so for the longest time, I didn't think anybody worked for, like, what do you mean you have a boss? Like, I don't know. And, and my grandpa, uh, both like my mom's dad and my dad's dad, obviously my dad's dad did the road construction, but my mom's dad owned his own business too. So. Yeah. It's funny because I've mentioned, um, throughout this, our show and all these things, like, um, I would never be doing this. Like, this is not something that I sitting down and talking to people that I don't know. That's not something that besides the last maybe two years yeah, is when I started doing this. And I have always said, I never wanted to like run a business. Like that's not what I want to do is like, I've never thought of myself as being an entrepreneur or any of those things. Um, and the more and more I talk to people that do their own things and run their own things, it's, you realize that, yeah, it's a lot of work. But it's, it's work that you do for yourself and it's work that you, you, you're not, you know, beholden necessarily to anybody. Like you can do whatever your idea is or all these different things. Like you can live the life that you want to live regard. Like maybe it's, <laughs> Hey, I work three days a week and that's it. Yeah. Or I work seven days a week and I'm, you know, a, a billionaire, whatever it is like, but it's that's lasting reward. I'd say not just reward, but lasting reward. But it's also like a double-edged sword in the fact that you're like, fuck, who did that? Oh, I did it. Yeah, Yeah, but I like that. I'm the asshole that did that. Or who did that? You did that and you succeeded. So it's like, not that you'd ever pat yourself on the back, but you're like, I was grinding. I was being innovative and I was the one who figured that out. It wasn't some team of people. It wasn't some... You know, something was already put in place. I don't know if I can like say that though about the leaf because I have so many awesome people that have joined forces with me and believe in me. Do you, that's what I was going to say. Do you think they would have done that though if you weren't you? Oh no. Like my front of the house manager, Sam Hoffman, we're just very good family friends. And I knew he was not, he, he didn't feel like he, and I know too, that he was not appreciated where he was working at, at the time. And when we were going to do this, originally we were just going to open for brunch. And then when we applied for our liquor license, I was like, it's really stupid to not do all three courses. Yeah. And I approached him because to me, the most important thing in the entire world is if you can trust a human being with your, with your life, you know, like his his wife, Christy, works for us at the gym, and she's as much of a sister to me as like, you know, I mean, we're super, super tight. But like she loves the gym like we love the gym. And her husband is very much the same. 
and regardless as to whether or not he had any concept of restaurant, I knew he was capable of learning it. And his value as a human being is how much I trust him and Jason trusts him because like nobody wants to have their entire life revolve around what they do. You know, like there is more to life than just working. And um, it, it was more important to me to find people of value and train them up. Like, cause I don't think that our restaurant does not work. Like probably, you know, if you were a GM at another restaurant and you came to the leaf and you're like, how are you doing things? Like, you'd pro- they'd probably look at me and laugh and be like, how is this successful? Because it does. It's successful, right? Um, but like having somebody in your life that is that close to you and tied to you and knows your values as a person is worth its weight in gold. I think that's, that's a, as you said it, I've never th- thought about in that context the, I don't remember who exactly you were talking about now, but the, the value of the human being. Yeah. Like, and not just, you know, what it, what are their capabilities at this point in time, right? But what's their potential? What's what are all of these things that this person could be capable of, is capable of? Mm-hmm. The looking at somebody at the, as the value of being a human being and encapsulating that capability into that is. I think probably my greatest attribute as a leader is being a coach and seeing like. And appreciating people for the things that they're good at. Like, how boring would the world be if we were all the same? And unfortunately, most of the time, like, when there's any kind of disruption in your normal culture as a company, it's because people are like, well, they don't think like me. And instead, we don't sit back and think, well, why would I want them to think like me? You know, like we need to appreciate people like, hey, this is what they bring to the table and this is what this person brings to the table. And knowing like we all have our own attributes and like I was a division one soccer player. So I played on a team concept my whole life and not everybody on that team was a great, had a great first touch or was a great ball distributor or had a great shot or, you know, like on a team, everybody plays their own roles. And a business is essentially exactly the same way. So, you know, like in the restaurant business, it's you have the front of the house, you have the back of the house, you have your prep cooks, you have your line cooks, you have your chefs, you have your bartenders, you have your master bartender, you have you have your hosts, you have your busser. And I think where so many businesses go very skewed is the fact that they don't appreciate each person where they're at. Like if you have a shitty host and they don't smile and they don't welcome people in, like no, you're not just a host. You're the first impression of when somebody walks in that door. Your job is to make them feel like this is their home away from home. Yeah. And that's our mantra. Like that, when you walk in my restaurant, I want you to be like, wow, this is comfortable. Wow. I feel really at ease. You know, like when you come in, it's my job and my staff's job to feel like all the hard work's done. I can just relax. And that starts with the host. Right. But if you go Face. if you go to another restaurant, you're like, oh, who's the host? That every person has value and that has to be portrayed. 
Yeah, it's funny I, as you as you're talking about it again. <laughs> like you think you when you walk into some place, it's you know a lot of people look at a salesman in a sense as a, a negative connotation right. of someone that has the smile on all the time and has the personality on. Like some people are just like that. Some people. My always, mother is that way. Yeah, like but like that's She's the person a ray you, of sunshine. <laughs> which every and sometimes it's like, day. could you fucking rain for a second, nope. please? She says it with like just a hint of like annoyance. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get it. <laughs> my mother is the happiest human being you will ever meet in your life. And then sometimes it's like, could you just stop just for just for a minute? Can you not be? But that's who you want as a host, right? But the, like the chef, the chef doesn't need to be super happy and having a giant smile no. on. Like he just, he or she just knows how to, they just need to cook the fucking yes. shit. Like cook it. Like that's all we need. And come up with it and yeah. organize. Like, so like, like that's the greatest the thing about Gina, our executive chef. She walked in, she walked into a shit show. I mean, like there was no organization and she was the second one that we had. And I don't even think she knew what she was getting into, honestly. But she came in and she she runs her ship very well. And I really don't interfere. Like, why? I pay good. you to do a yeah. job that she does exceptionally well. Um, she brought in these fucking baller ass bitches that come in and like they sling. So I have two women that run brunch. And they sling food like nobody's business. I mean, they're absolutely amazing. And everybody else that she's brought in with her, I mean, they just fall in line. And, you know, and like, and they respect her and they respect her leadership. And that's all you need. That's all you need to make a successful kitchen. And, you know, again, there's always curveballs that are thrown that you have to like field from left field. And kind of like put people back into the groove. But like, I think too, my front of the house, I have at least seven or eight staff members that have been there since the doors open. And that was almost a year and a half ago. And we're an 80, 90 seat restaurant. Like that's impressive, you know? So. That's phenomenal. Um, how How does... Because I know we're we're semi short on time for as far as we go. Because t- sometimes we'll go for like three three plus hours. So, but I, we'll be around two. Don't yeah. Worry. There's if we're, if we're going for round two, let's just cover all of the the main bases. Okay. Bases. 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 Base. Uh, I want to wear. I don't. Bases. I don't know. I sometimes I overthink things. It's um, okay. Let's say the proof wasn't that high on these. I was going to no, say maybe I've you need more one. bourbon. Maybe she has been out in the sun all day since yeah, early been, this morning. Yeah, been, yeah. I'll give you um, that. How does the how does so just so we can get to know Sam? How does the fitness piece fit into your life and everything? Because obviously we have the entrepreneur and your family. Oh God, it looks like no. everything's tied in. Like how? Like because obviously if you're running, if you're it all is tied in gym, still. Yeah. How yes. does that all? So again, I'm one of four. Three of us played Division One soccer. That's actually how I met Tony. I was. I forgot you were a little soccer soccer man, soccer guys. I, kinda, I, don't, I I'll, was, I'll just drink more bourbon. I'll shut up now. You go ahead and talk. I mean, <laughs> how pregnant was could you, I? Could when, you say that any less denigrating there? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> just call me a fag. No, that's not, that's not, I forgot that you had quick feet. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I love you. So, um, oh God, where do I start? Okay. So fitness 
and being fit. Yeah. And like just overall healthy lifestyle, I would say started from my mom and dad. Like my dad was, my dad always said that work was unglorified sport. Hmm. Think about that. This is also a man that worked 90 hours a week. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, okay, so remember that work is unglorified sport. I'll bring that back into the picture. So my mom, because my dad worked so much, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. We lived on 100 acres, and it used to be a tree, Christmas tree farm. And then we slowly got out of that because we were all playing so much soccer. It was, like, ridiculous. We played soccer all year round, traveled all over the States, and, uh, yeah, like, that was that was our life. So to be fit, right? And, like, I think competitiveness is just something that is just ingrained in your soul. Like, I love to be first. I love beating people. I love the pain that comes from beating people. Like, I love the push of making myself so uncomfortable. So, you know, like fitness, it goes hand in hand with soccer. And fitness wins games. So if you are the most fit, at the end of the day, you're probably going to win the game. And so, I mean, even when, so I'm six years older than my brother, JP, and I'm eight years older than my sister. So even when I was done playing, I would train with them. Like I would, I would do all of their summer work with them and all of that. And uh, when soccer was over for me, I felt like my whole life just like ended. Like all of my competitiveness was, my outlet to be competitive was gone. And when you're as sickly driven to that as I am, like when I worked for my dad, I would wake up at 3 a.m. I would go out and do my workouts. I'd go to work at 6 a.m. and I'd work till whenever, you know, but like working for my dad allowed me to not ever have to have a job during school because I made so much money with my dad. I didn't have to work. So, I mean, like I could just concentrate on school and soccer. And I remember my mom. So my mom's a phys ed teacher by, by degree. Oh, so she's even oh, yeah. in her blood yeah, too. Yeah, she's. She's the Energizer Bunny lit up with sunshine. And, right, because she's always happy. Right. Yeah, right. Also. So, um, yeah. So Janine, my youngest sister, found CrossFit. She was the first one that found it. And my brother JP and I were back at home at House Iron. And she called us and she was like, this is amazing. She's like, you have to do this workout, you and JP. Because, like, I dabbled in running because I love to run. Um and then I dabbled in bodybuilding. That was awful. I like not the training part, the 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 dieting was awful. <laughs> like if you ask me to eat raw spinach, I will no, never again. Never. Even oatmeal. I can't even do oatmeal anymore. I ate so much of it. So she called us and she was like, you have to go try this workout. And it was McGee. And it's a hero workout. And it was like deadlifts and push-ups and box overs or box jumps. And I remember doing it in the back room at the House of Iron with metal plates. And we, like, I've never been destroyed more in my life than that workout. Mm -hmm. And it was so awesome. We did it three days later. JP and I did it. And I mean, and so like, we just like 
totally fell in love with the physical push of CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So then we started like researching it and YouTubing it. And that's when the games were at the ranch. And that's where we started coming up with survival games that we do now at mom and dad's farm. So, I mean, like all of this is so intertwined, but I think even though I'm not the master's athlete, I was like at one point I was 13th in the world in master's. I was crazy fit. But even now it's like, I train because I want to live, you know? And like, we used to joke about it at the gym. Like, well, what are you training for? I'm training for life, bitches. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's what I'm training for, you know? And I think that so many people, especially Americans, like we don't understand the, the wealth that health is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you lose your health, you literally have nothing. Yeah. And the only person responsible for that is yourself, which we also don't like to take responsibility, Personal right? responsibility? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's almost choke worthy. <laughs> but I know for me, I need it. I'm a better wife. I'm a better mother. I'm a better everything because I work out. Like this morning, I, wo- I woke up, I worked out, I went to work. And you, it's just something that we need. And if I can be that positive role model for my kids and other people who know me, like, I mean, we run three businesses and I still make time to work out every day. It has to happen. And you have to value yourself and your body more than anything else. Because the day it's gone, you'll wish you put that time into it. Well, it's like, I mean, you go, how many people at the end of their life, you know, get to the point where they go, well, you know what? I wish I would have, uh, you know, I wish I would have done more accounting or I wish I would have like worked harder. Like, you know, like the, the physical aspect of it, we, we often lose, especially like you said here in America. Um, and I'll even say myself once I hit about 30, cause I used to be really big in the bodybuilding. Um, but the diet was always, so I was like, it's uh, awful. I'm going to be like a power lifter slash bodybuilder. <laughs> like I, I want to be really strong and kind of look okay. But the CrossFit I did, I've, I've done one CrossFit competition and it was possibly one of the worst experiences of my life <laughs> because it just trashes you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like, okay, I get it. Like this is you, you literally have to be slightly fucked in the mind. Like to. I mean, because my husband hates it. Like, he works out because he knows he should. Okay. <laughs> and he works out with me because if he doesn't work out with me, he won't do it. But, like, if you ask Jason to go compete, he'd be like, Mm-mm. do you talk shit to him? All the time. Yes. <laughs> All the time. I, I, I and, can't imagine it. She wouldn't. <laughs> so, the first time I saw you was, I don't even know where it was. I walked in, I was, wa- I had just started CrossFit and I was watching some friends that I had made in the gym. And I walk in. I don't think you were with me. I think I went by myself. I and I was like, you know, just like experiencing <laughs> the, you know, watching people were warming up. And I was like, who the fuck are those people? <laughs> and they're like, oh, like it's the Lytles. And I'm like, that means absolutely nothing to me. I'm like, they're like, oh, they own, you know, Declaration CrossFit or whatever. And I'm like, that still doesn't mean anything to me. And they're like, oh, just watch. They're badass. And, you know, they, and they said, and it wasn't like, 
a jealousy thing like oh those are the Lytles it was like oh we have so much mad respect for these people like they weren't even putting themselves on the same like playing field as you and I'm sure they were in the RX competition but it was and then I saw your brother JP JP completely fucking annihilate whoever i can't even remember who we were who all was there from my gym and i was like oh he's like, yeah he's been nature. to the games i'm like oh my god and at this point like i'm still like trying to even grasp what crossfit is and like what all mm-hmm. it entails and i just was like oh now i know what they mean by like oh those are the lytles i'm like i don't even know what that means so when we started the gym and we found crossfit they had a team competition and like we were like, we could do this together. So my personal, like, I might get choked up about this, but my personal, most like gratifying athletic experience was making regionals with my brother and sister. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. To be out there with them. And then um another one of well now one of our very good friends, Joel he was our second guy, but like, I like just the time I had with them. I mean, you're like, we were, I can't even remember how much we were training probably four hours a day, some days, you know, but like that is time that I will never, ever have back. And you, and I think that's something that we don't, we don't grasp enough in our youth. And like, I say that like I'm super old, but I appreciate that time with them. And our other brother was literally getting ready to deploy. And somehow he had leave the weekend that we competed. So he flew into Nashville to watch us compete. And if you know my brother, Wally, my brother, Wally is 6'5 and he's 270 pounds. Like he's a freak of nature. But like. I remember him like crawling over the rail, like screaming at us, you know, like, like those, those, you know, and to people that don't get it, like whatever, you know, but like, I'm the soppy mopey person that like watches the Olympics and like, you see what those people go through and like, my heart feels it. Like, cause like, not that I'm an Olympian cause I'm not even close to that, but I have trained hard for things. And, but to do that with my brother and sister was just, it was something that you can't even put a price tag on it. Like it was so awesome. I think it's a lot of something that a lot of people, and I'm maybe assuming here, we all know what that ends up being, but. You're an ass when you uh, assume. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it because uh, I'm okay with being an ass. Um <laughs> When understanding the amount of work and effort that somebody puts in and having those people show up for you and, you know, like I said, I've, I've done one CrossFit competition and that was, it gave me a lot of respect for those athletes and for the people that do that. But even then, even during that, when I, at the the with the third workout i because i did an rx team competition which was a terrible idea if never yeah it was terrible it was it it didn't it didn't go bad convinced you to do this craig nobody after what maybe five weeks of you coming to the crossfit gym like i i I practiced crossfit for it was 
at most eight weeks. Cause like I was like a bodybuilder power lifter. That's mean. Yeah. It, but it was, it was fine. <laughs> oh I appreciate him for he, it. Like Craig played right into Fred. He was oh, like, he sure Oh, yeah. you're a power lifter. You bodybuild. Well, you could probably do a CrossFit competition then. Like yeah. you can, you could probably you do can it. You can ask Craig about doing, um, winter wadland at the gym. <laughs> so we would all, you always like throw a bone out, right? Like, Oh, we'll throw a heavy bench out. We'll see. We'll see what oh, just we'll see, see what collect. asshole decides to think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to do this competition because I'm going to one MR my my bench press. Yeah. Meanwhile, you don't understand all the stuff that you have to do to get to that. Yeah. Bench no. Press. I, so perfect it fits in perfect. So, um, and it ended up being the last, literally the last piece of the the last third workout was um one rep max of I think it was a clean and jerk. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Oh, it was, it was overhead press. So I'm like, yeah. You're chomping at the bit. Yeah, like that's like, oh, that's yeah. my that's my gig, right? <laughs> I'm going to crush this. Yeah, I'm going to fucking <laughs> destroy this. Like I'm going to put up like, yeah, it was, yeah, you had to pick it up. It was basically, it was a clean and press, but it was like one, like, I'm like, I think it might've even been like a jerk press, whatever it was. Um, either way, but I'm like, yeah, like you're 300 plus easy. Yeah. yeah. Sign me up. What you don't know is that you're well, the entire was- time mm-hmm. we were doing box jumps, snatch cleans. Um, wait, it was no snatch squatch, snatch squatches, squat. That's fucking Craig. Yeah, you're talking Craig again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam squanch. Um, <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was snatch, snatch squats, Squat snatches. Yes. Whatever it is. But it's like, so we're doing those, we're yeah. doing pull-ups and all the things I get to that Trust last me, I've part. Been there. Yeah. And I'm like, I ended up my, um, I ended up laying. So we, we had to do the third workout was you had, you did this workout. It was a team synchronized workout. And then whatever time you had left your entire team right. had the time to, to, right. to get your one rep max of this, uh, this clean and jerk, whatever it was, it was overhead, whatever. Well, by that point, my legs just done. Like they're out. I was laying on the ground, but I had a brother-in-law, Corey, get the fuck up you fucking pussy let's go and i'm like i i can't move like i was laying on the ground just like my leg just not working i'm like trying to move i'm like you don't understand what's going on right now my leg stopped like i am temporarily oh yeah waist down paralyzed oh yeah could i ended up i was like you know what i i, I recovered i had a, like a couple minutes left and i was like all right 225 like i can do 225 in my sleep couldn't even get it up to my chest. Couldn't even. I'm like, <sighs> maybe one thirty. I barely got one thirty five. So I was like, yeah, that's so, that's the last time I did an RX CrossFit competition. But it it really goes to show, like the like those people that do that stuff. It's like, wow, like oh, yeah. the, the amount of work and effort and conditioning and the determination that you have to do. Cause like even preparing for that, I was throwing up during workouts. It's like, this is fucking terrible. Why am I doing this? Because I told Craig I would, but other than that, like yeah. this is terrible, but it's so, awesome all at the same time. It is. So going back to like soccer, right. And how I said, how everybody on the team has their, their thing that they're great at. Yeah. And, and you play to that person's strengths. So in CrossFit, the hardest thing for me mentally was the fact that I couldn't hide from anything that I was weak at. Now, go backwards, right? I have an engine like nobody's business, but I am weak as fuck. So I spent an entire summer 
all I did was lift. I did not do a single thing to get my heart rate up. Like I lifted and lifted and lifted and lifted and lifted. And it's crazy, but it's also like very demoralizing, very, it will invoke a lot of humility in you when you have to go in to the gym every day and bust your balls to do something that you know of, you want, you want this end game out here, but to go and do something that you suck at day after day, just, just to get a fraction, you know, like I fractionally got better. It wasn't even like exponentially. It was a fractional gain. But I think like that stick to itiveness, is that a word? It is for me. Okay. But that, I've never worked on myself harder than I did that summer. And like forcing myself to bench, forcing myself to back squat, front squat, overhead press, like all of those things. You know, all I wanted to do was go in and annihilate a burpee box over wall ball workout. That's all I wanted to do. I just want to vomit thinking about that. <laughs> like, I mean, like, if you give me a workout with deadlifts, burpees, box jumps, running, I mean, I will, not now. I, I mean, like, I will annihilate it. But, like, you throw in a one rep max, I'm, like, sobbing in the corner. <laughs> but it's just, like, I think that's what's so cool about CrossFit, but it's also the thing that, like, deters people is the fact that it makes you literally stare yourself in the face and be like, no, you're going to go do this. Yeah. If you don't know what, what the, uh, what your comfort zone, where your comfort zone ends, you'll yeah. find out real quick. Yeah. Like I tell my kids every day they need to do something they don't want to do. If you're sitting on the couch and you know, you should go put your clothes away. You need to go do it right now. Because it's conditioning your mind to do things that you don't want to do. And successful people do things that they don't want to do multiple times a day. That's what it takes to be successful, regardless as to what your success is. Like, I hate emails. I make myself open my emails once a day and look at them. That's my business sign. Like, it's way easier for me to do the other stuff. I think there's not much better advice you can give. I think to people in general is just do something every day that you that you don't want to do that you're, that you yeah. don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, even before I sit down at night or whatever it is, it's like if there's dishes in the sink, do them. Just do them now. Like who the fuck wants to wake up to dishes in the sink? Um, not my wife. No, <laughs> but I mean, like there's so many no. things in life. If you would just do it the first time you thought about doing it, yeah. you'd be done by the time you second, third, fourth thought about doing it. Yeah. But we are such creatures of procrastination. and Oh, it'll be there tomorrow. Well, yeah, it'll be there tomorrow, but so will four other things. Do you think, are, do you think <clears throat> we really are creatures of procrastination or is it just the comforts that we have kind of grown into and have been allowed. I think it's a a thing of convenience, you know, like, um, so before I started the gym or the, the restaurant, I did a lot of personal training and like my, where I, I excelled at was like 
bringing people back from rehab type situations. Mm -hmm. So like Dr. Mike Kanapik is one of probably my greatest claim to fame. I cried when I watched his interview. Yeah. That was what, a couple years I, ago? Was it I cry ago? probably once a month with him because like I'm so proud of where he is. And it's like, the funny thing is too, it's like, it's kind of very personal between me and him and like our friendship that has grown because of it. But it's like, it's not out there to a lot of people and it, it very well could be. And we've talked about it before and it's like, is this something that we want to broadcast out? Because we could, because I tell him like, he is an inspiration to a lot of people, but it's also his own personal journey and it's his own personal war and what he's in, endured. And I think like being respectful for that is more important than anything else. And like, but anyways, like him coming back from a stroke and then, you know. So can I, you tell the listeners like who he is? Oh, I'm sorry. So, oh, okay. so Dr. Kanapik is a orthopedic surgeon here in Worcester who we had a working relationship before he had a stroke, but like we definitely weren't that super close. And I remember when he had a stroke and like he was coming to the gym and doing CrossFit. He's also on the school board. He's the College of Worcester orthopedic surgeon. Um, Isn't he a musician too? Yeah, he's a musician. Oh. Like the dude does everything, you know, like. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he's a mountain of a man. And uh, I, he's also my orthopedic surgeon. So like when I have issues, I go to him. Um, to my Achilles. Yeah, he's a great guy. And, um, and super devote, devoted to Worcester as a community, as a whole. And I would text him a lot. And I remember I went in for an injection in my wrist because I have, I broke my wrist three times within 18 months when I was Oof. a kid. And I remember I went in and they were like, oh, well, Dr. Kanapik's back in the office, but he's not like seeing patients. So I said, well, can you just let him know I'm here? I'd like to see him. And he, when I first saw him, like, it ripped my heart out. And I remember leaving and I got in my car and I called my mom and I was like sobbing because like Mike was such, he was like the light in the room, you know, like, you know, very social, you know, he loved to talk to people and like the stroke not only like affected him physically, but like his speech was really affected and his diaphragm was affected. And I sent him a text afterwards and I said, when you're ready, I'm here for you. And it was in between Christmas and New Year's when he came to my house. He came to my house. And so most of my personal training people I worked out of my house with because I had their they had my undivided attention and I had theirs. And um, I had to help him down my steps. I had to help him up the steps. And I remember just sitting with him and saying, like, where do you want to be? Because at the time, he was released from physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. And they didn't know if he would ever regain his 
ability to practice as a surgeon. And he said, I have to get back there. And I said, all right, we're going to do it. Like, I don't care what it takes. Like, we're going to do it. And he never quit. And he fully practices. He's doing everything that he wants. He's playing again. Um, he's playing bass guitar again. And like, but he, like, it wasn't me that did it. He mentally said, this is not going to work for me. And this is not where I want to stay. I just was like the catalyst for it. Like, okay, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Like, but he is such a awesome human. So I have like two or three personal training clients that I still do now having the restaurant and he's one of them. I think it's something special um, to have not only the ability to push other people, but to find those people that allow you to push them yeah, and that you allow yourself to be pushed by. Oh yeah. Like he's expanded my like abilities to, I mean, you know, like he couldn't get up and get down. He couldn't do a push up, you know, and, but he was just released from physical therapy, not able to get up and down a flight of steps by himself. Like, is that, so in your experience, is that pretty, That's pretty normal? normal? Yeah. And the sad thing is, is like most people think, well, this is as good as it's going to get. And they don't have the mental fortitude to be like, well, fuck this. I'm not staying this way. Well, especially if a professional is telling you like, this is the best we can right. get. Mm -hmm. Like, so damn. I too, I have my BSNRN. And the reason that I don't practice is because I can't stand how medicine is handled handled within the United States. Damn. Number one, we don't own our own bullshit. Meaning like <laughs> what you yeah. put in your mouth and what you do every day is an it's going to literally give you the body that you have. Like, yes, does genetics play some some factor into it? Absolutely. But like I can't tell you how many people have come into the gym and they're like, I have an underactive thyroid. And I was like, well, that's great. I don't have one. <laughs> and I don't. It was taken out when I was in third grade. But like when I say that to somebody and they look at me, it takes your excuses away. Mm. Right. But like your limiting factor is you. Mm. It's not your situation. Your limiting factor is what you do on a daily basis, what you allow your brain to think. If this is where you want to be, that's where you're going to be. If that's not where you want to be and you want to do something and change it and you are willing to put the work into it, you'll probably make it happen. But like the excuse atmosphere of what we allow our, our minds to tell us, oh, well, it's easier to sit on, the, on your couch and watch Netflix. Absolutely. Like I've gone so far. I have a client that was so addicted to their phone. I put a child lock on it <laughs> that's not a bad route you know but uh, just to prove to him how addicted he was to his phone. oh yeah because when you when you are faced with your own yeah. issues and like there's no way around them when you have to like, swallow your own bullshit it <laughs> tastes it really bad yeah. well i at the same time we've uh we've had um cj collier on a couple times who is a, a vet that got blown up in Iraq. Yeah. And they, the doc, well, he actually died 
and then they brought him back. Like they had told his wife that he probably wasn't going to live. And then he ended up living. He was in Germany and like this whole thing, like mm-hmm. he was um, um, hoping to go to the Olympics for track and field. Now his, his son, I don't know if you've been following him by the way, beast, badass, but like he's a, he's an IFBB pro now. Like, and they never thought they told him like, yeah, you'll probably never walk again. And it was just like, Oh, there you go. Yeah. And he was like, and this, the funniest story his wife, like he was like the one day during physical therapy, he was crying. And like his, he said, like, he's like, God slapped me upside the head. And then I realized it was my wife because I was crying. And she was like, stop being such a bitch. Your sons are watching you. You got to get up and you got to do this. And now he's like, just so like you realize how strong we can be, you know, these human little minds and souls can be. We have no idea. Yeah. Most people never even tap into even a portion of that. And that's pathetic. You know, and like, I'm a Christian. And so, I mean, the fact that we are made in his image and that like, this is it. Why not be the best that you can be? There's no reason not to be. No. You know, and it's just like. The amount of excuses that we can have for ourselves is, it's incredible. And it's also pathetic. Just call, just calling them out, Tone. Thank God. Incredible and pathetic all at the same time. Thank God. There's still some people that are energized and dangerous and not making up excuses and have accountability and responsibility. And So I think another, so we should always like, our next generation, right? We should raise them up the way that like we see fit. And I, I did not have this mentality at a young age. Like this was, I was very meek and I was very like, I was shy and I, I really like hardly talked. And I see my son, Brayden, who, like, he's a pitcher on his baseball team. And, like, I never had the composure that that child has. Like, so he was pitching last night. And his ability to just quiet himself, you know, at 11 years old is shocking to me. Like, I can do that now. But I taught myself that at 30 years old. He's fucking 11. And like, I think the greatest thing that happens to us as parents is the fact that we get to see our children. And, you know, like he listens to me and I do a lot of mindset stuff, or at least I used to, you know, with the gym. And we talk about like, what you feed your brain is what you're going to believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he'll listen to podcasts that I'm listening to. and, And it's amazing that, you know, you hear these little kids and they're talking and he's saying things that it's just like, holy crap, dude, like you're 11, you know, but for him to step on that mound and like, you're alone and you are the, everybody's watching you. The one. Yes. You know, and, and it was like every batter, he would just quiet himself back down. But like parenting is probably your greatest joy and your greatest nemesis, mm-hmm. like, you know, and we need to understand too, is 
as parents, it's our responsibility to make sure that our kids are better than we were. Well, as f- phenomenal as your son sounds, because he's able to do that, I'm going to have to put a little bit of that responsibility back on you because he had to learn it from somewhere, you know? So, so my kids, it comes from somewhere. Right. So my kids have gone to every big com- uh, CrossFit competition I've done. They've watched me do really well and they've watched me sink dead in the sand. And how I come off and own my own bullshit, <laughs> you know, like you, you want a serious pill to swallow, be humble in front of your kids. Like when your ass is handed to you and your kids are watching you, that sucks. And being gracious, like all of those things, yeah. that's tough. I can't think of much better way to end this because I know you have to get going too. Um, I don't even there's, think we talked about what we were going. To yeah, I know. About. There's, there's got to be a part two. <laughs> I was like, three, we definitely need a part four, two. Yeah, but those are those are the best. You, yeah, but they're just organic. You let them go, or they go. Yeah. It, so, like when I used to do mindset stuff with the gym, and because mindset's everything. Like, if you can change what's happening above your eyebrows, you're going to change your life. Mm. But everything that you do, and you don't change what's going above your eyebrows. It's just a snippet. You know, you see like the people that lose 60 pounds on whatever X, Y, and Z fad bullshit diet is out there. Like they're not addressing the root of the problem, right? And it's not just weight loss. It's not just like, say, say you were, say you were abused, say you were an addict. To understand the why as to how you got there is everything that's everything yeah that first step yeah you got to recognize it yeah to deal with it you get take that but yeah this is fun i don't know if anybody will enjoy it but it was fun (laughs) they'll they'll definitely be around too yeah absolutely for sure i feel like her and goggins would be just jogging next to each other just stay hard motherfuckers <laughs> i do love that book. i know you do yeah. <laughs> I love i've it. never talked about that but i'm like oh yeah yeah I, I did I, attempt a hundred miler female before. goggins over here did you yes i did and i will so like a iron man is on my bucket list a hundred miler is on my bucket list well, so when's the next one because i know you're gonna do so, it again until you so i feel like we gotta hook up with it. andy yeah, yeah. Because so, I know he's planning on doing a hundred miles. So he, he did a hundred like miler. Oh yeah, he did. But he's planning on doing it again. at a mile marker, and they were like, "You're not allowed going oh, anymore." No. But I didn't practice eating, like when oh, you're yeah. running. I thought you were saying I didn't practice. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, well, that's we had Andy was on, and he had done a hundred his first hundred miler last year, and he talked about like it's just like it's almost mo- so much more the planning and being is. able to like set up for yep. Yep. all along the way, like but yep. still to build it. That's I'll be your team doc if yeah. you need some, some lactated ringers yeah. to get it for you. Yeah. Just we'll run some you. bags real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, sitting, I'll be the guy sitting on the long side of the trail, like drinking a beer, being like, yeah, <laughs> woo. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. I'm not, I'm not a runner, though. I mean, <laughs> so I turn 40 next year and I go up a weight or a age group in CrossFit. And, you know, like 
I was probably the fittest I've ever been in my in my life when I opened the restaurant because Labor Day weekend I competed in a, a master's competition and ended up fourth. And I mean, like I was crazy fucking fit in, and then open a restaurant. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> you got busy. Um, and again, like I said, I have some wrist, wrist issues and I went to a specialist and he's like, you need it fused. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm 38 years old. I'm not doing that. And now I'm 39. But, you know, like to me, I'll find a way around it. I just need the time to find a way around it. Figure out how to yeah. find it. But right now, like I have a huge responsibility. I have a lot of people employee-wise that like they depend on this on the restaurant for their life their their livelihood right and so i take that seriously and it needs my attention and i don't have three four to four hours a, a day right now to to train and do that but i won't say no i won't say no it's not there well i think it's something special that um you know, you consider those things and consider the people that are connected to you. And obviously there's a, a my success comes you. from them. It comes from them believing in what we do. That sounds like a culture that's finest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're, we're very, very fortunate for what we have at both restaurants. Like it's not just the leaf. Um, maybe we can go into that next time, but like Jason's really changed the culture of his restaurant and He's changed himself to be more of a leader and to be more compassionate and understanding and softening himself. Because for the longest time, I told him, I said, nobody will follow you if they don't respect you. Mm. Like, respect is not given. Respect is earned. And if you don't understand that and you don't work to earn people's respect, then you're not a leader worth following. And he's really worked really, really hard and diligently on changing himself so that he can be a leader worth following. And I think it's done really great things for him at his restaurant, too. We should get him on next time. Oh, God. We'll get him yeah. on. I know that's not his gig, but <laughs> we'll get not, a little vodka or like, something to loosen him up. Yeah. He'll we'll be like, his, Sam, we'll you just talk. Well, we can, um, he, can, he, can, he can sit off to the side until he feels comfortable enough to like creep come on, on in. Yeah, yeah. That's, we can do that. We're saying we'll just pull it in. Yeah. The yeah. beautiful thing about him and I is like we are yin and yang. Like he he loves me for all of my crazy insanity and like I respect him for his steadfastness. Like he just but like as a couple so we just had our anniversary and I was like if anyone would have told me 2 years ago that we would be opening a restaurant together that we would run restaurants simultaneously and we would be stronger for it, I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> but, like, we are, I mean, I consider us, like, we're, we're a force to be reckoned with. And he's, he's my best friend. Like, we, I'm the funniest person he knows and I know. So it works really well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note. Sam, thank you so thank much you. for joining us. I am super excited for next time when we have a little more time. <laughs> oh my God. Excited. Thank Good. you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us today. Remember, check out the website, chronic-curiosity.com to join us at the forum, have some fun, interaction, pick you up a comfy t-shirt, or if you just want to support the show and donate, all that is on the website as well. Thank you. Until next time. See you.